Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Deepen Podcast with Pastor Joby Martin. We are launching into a new series called As For Me In My House. And uh, Pastor Joby, we have some special guests with us today. I'd love for you to introduce them. We have some very, very special guests. Some very, of our most very. special guests we've ever had. Um, I think we've upgraded from Brit quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which order to do, but first and foremost, my lovely wife, Gretchen Martin. We've been married for 23 years. The first lady of the Church of 1122. I'm going to call you that, by the way, in this episode. First lady. First lady. It's better than Pastor Gretchen. I've no. been getting that lately. Nope. It's uh, weird. Nope. Matron. <laughs> we can theologically run down that if you like. I know, but, I know. Uh, worship leader for 10 years, Devo writer, mother of my kids. All the things, right? And then also, Amen. my boss here at the Church of 1122, <laughs> anybody that actually leads anything of any significance knows that you get credit for everybody else's work. And so one of the primary sources of that work around here at the Church of 1122 is Miss April Cruz. She works and leads the team that I get to work with, really, and pretty much day-to-day leads me, and that's how that works. Mm. And so... If you've ever reached out to me, you've probably either connected with April Cruz mm-hmm. or one of the girls that works with her. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be talking about the Bible and being single. And April is single. And so <laughs> I wanted her to be here. And she's super nervous. I am. We're going to put in the lower <laughs> thirds your phone number right here. So no, that's okay. Listening? No, we don't we're need not. To do that. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm just kidding. We'd never do that. I like Paul's admonition to singleness because April is. Very devoted to her job and what she does here, and while I am praying for you and whoever, they better live in town. Uh, and if you're, that happens, you're you're like you're so high maintenance. You need a, a team of people that is to, to run your life. So. I'm really just not that smart. <laughs> I'm like a high power rifle. Oh. Like if you just aim me in the right direction and say mm-hmm. fire, then I'm okay. Yeah, but you got to hold it pretty tight, you know. Yeah. And April's a huge part of our family too, mm-hmm. not just you know as an employee. But just our family personally, she's mm-hmm. been a huge, huge part of our family. So yeah, it yeah. was a compassion weekend a bunch of years ago. I'm speaking for you, but I do that often. So, <clears throat> and my whole family was on the front row, and we're all like hugging and holding hands at the end of worship. And April's standing beside us and communicated to us. I feel like a part of God's call in my life is to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So she is as close to family as you get without mm-hmm. sharing blood. Yeah, great. I'm glad you're here, April. So, Pastor Joby, let's just take it from a wide angle here. Why this series this year in the Church of 1122? So, we are about right in the middle of our 1010 Life discipleship journey, right? That the, mm-hmm. the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, comes that we may have life and have it abundantly. And back in January, I told the church we're focusing on abundant life. And so, that really has shaped all of the sermon series throughout this year. So, it's mm-hmm. why we studied... Philippians, the book of joy. It's why we're stud- we've studied the book of James, because it's like wisdom literature of the New Testament. It's why we've studied the book of Proverbs, because um, the idea is, I, I don't care how much you love Jesus, 
if you walk out of step with the wisdom of Jesus, mm-hmm. you will not be living the abundant life that he has called mm-hmm. you to live. Mm-hmm. And one of the primary ways that the enemy can completely derail your life or steal, kill, and destroy mm-hmm. is in and through the family. So that's mm-hmm. why we're doing that family series. Yeah, yeah. And is something really wrong if you're like, oh, my quiet times are awesome and I worship with my hands up, but your life's a mess? That's a fact. You're not doing it right. The whole Shema, which Jesus said is the most important law Mm -hmm. of all the 613 laws, Mm -hmm. the whole point is that we live an integrated life in response Mm -hmm. to the one true God. Totally. You know, hear, O Israel, the Lord Mm -hmm. our God is Echad, is one. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you should love God with your one and only life, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. So if, if, right, if your quiet times are awesome and you sing with your hands up, but your kids hate you, and you were sideways with your spouse. You're you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like something's way wrong. I'm not saying that's necessarily your fault, but it, things mm-hmm. are way off. The the enemy is winning, mm-hmm. even though you're going to end up in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good trees bear good fruit. That's a fact. Um, well, this uh, message is going to be brought to us by Pastor Josh Turner, who's Ooh, not here whoop. with us. Crazy Uncle Josh, as he likes to call himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, typically, we record these immediately following our Thursday night service. We're recording at a slightly different time uh, just because of some schedule stuff. But uh, I want to start by asking this question because... Well, let me interject. I yeah. asked Pastor Josh Turner to preach this message because for about, I don't know, eight or ten years, he ran yeah. a singles ministry. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... Um, He's just so well equipped mm-hmm. to to speak to our church about mm-hmm. what the scripture says about being single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things that I've heard a lot recently, and this is certainly a topic where this would apply. But so, Pastor Joe, you just introduced us to your wife. You're not single. Oh, I'm not single. April is. But when when folks are listening to messages and the person delivering it is not in the same position that they are. How would you tell that person that they can still get something from it? You know what I mean? Like, because because in our culture, representation of like, well, I, I got to really hear from a. If I'm a woman, I need to hear a woman speak, which is important, but it's not the only way you can learn something. Or if you're single, you don't have to always be listening to somebody speaking who's single. You know, to learn. Do you have 100%. anything you could help us out on that? If anybody's in that position, <laughs> well, the. The guys we're primarily studying here, the words of Jesus and Paul, have a lot to say about marriage, and yet neither, neither one of them are married. Yeah. Nobody would look at them and say, well, we, you know, Jesus, what, what do, do you know, know Paul? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the point is, I say this all the time, kind of like tongue-in-cheek, hey, man, don't, I'm just the mailman. Yes. I just deliver it. You know, I didn't write it. And so that's it. And And so regardless of my station in life, my job is not to tell you what I think. My job is just to unpack mm. and teach the Bible. Yeah. And so that's what I do, and that's what anybody that ever stands up on our stage is to open mm-hmm. God's Word. That's where they're doing. So the, the authority is not in the presenter. The authority is in the promises of God found in His Word. Mm-hmm. And that's where the authority always has been for us. Mm-hmm. And you say you do also say often that the Holy Spirit is the real preacher. That is a mm-hmm. fact. And and he for sure is going to meet you exactly where you are and understands where you're at. Um, and part of the reason I think this is a good discussion is we got a couple pastors here on staff at church. we got a single girl and a married girl. And even though the topic for this week is, is what the Bible says about being single, um, this church, I mean, we're a family, and we're all mm-hmm. in this family together. Mm-hmm. And a big reason I wanted to spend a week talking about 
singleness um, is to make sure that we are speaking directly to that portion of our church that's yes. single because you are as much a part of the family as anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And 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 but and you are right. Like I hadn't been single in a long time, and we got married super young because Jesus couldn't resist. So, <laughs> um, but but the reality is, is every human being has had a season of singleness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, the first twenty six years of my life, I was single, and so there, mm-hmm. we all do have some mm-hmm. experience in being single. Nobody's been born married that That's I know. A fact. Of. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gretchen, what stands out to you as so that season of singleness for you? What marked it for you? Um, I think for me, because if I think about it, first of all, I was like, why am I in this? Because I'm not single. I don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I was, I feel like I, since my sophomore year of high school, I've always been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I dated a guy sophomore year through high, through high school, through college, got engaged, Broke it off. Mm-hmm. We were, re- I mean, really close to marriage then. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I met Joby. And like we were married in less than two years because we just mm-hmm. knew, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't have a whole lot of like single, single without mm-hmm. dating someone or being in a serious relationship. But I do have, I do wish, if I could go back and do things differently, I wouldn't go back because... I don't want to go back, mm-hmm. but if I could have done things differently, I would have, mm. because I do feel like that there was a lot of time there that I was pushing a thing that wasn't God's thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was for my own, me trying to fill a void, mm-hmm. and I was ignoring the Lord during that time, um, and it took me a long time to realize that, mm. really, after Joby and I met, that's when I realized that I was trying to fill a void that only God could fill. And I think a lot of single people do that. They look for the worldly Mm -hmm. relationships to fill a void that only God can fill. And so, I mean, I think that honestly, single as a single person, and it's so easy for me to say this as a married person, but just to embrace Mm the singleness in a way that only God can fill that void mm-hmm. and God can supply your need, mm-hmm. you know, that no matter how old, whether you're 18 or whether you're 35 or 45 or 50 or single again, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I wish I had done differently. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I mean, I think I resonate a lot with that. I think I was just so obsessed. I think that's going to come up a lot. Like you just be, you can become consumed mm-hmm. with the idea that like that's the thing that I have to get to. Like yeah. if, especially if you're a more goal oriented person and you mm-hmm. can't rest until the, the, the item is checked off the list. You're just like driving towards this is the thing. And in your mind, you might know, oh no, I'm not. I'm not putting this in the place of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's like all you're thinking about. It's like it's it's just. It's all. It can be all consuming. Yeah. Um, you know, G. She's an extremely humble human being. Like, legitimately thinks less of herself. You know, just thinks of herself less. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A part of the reason I wanted her to be here. One, we're doing all these this whole series together, so it'd be weird if you just get one. But she has had a real ministry over the last twenty years that we've been here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. to primarily to single girls. Mm-hmm. I mean I can think of a half a dozen single girls that have sat on our couch and I get out of town and 
and they're pouring out their heart and soul yeah. about all the things, and and Gretchen has just walked with them through that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. anything stand out to you, Pastor Joby, from that season of your life? Um, what would you? What advice would you give single Joby? We were in a very similar situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we both had previous relationships that we were just trying to. This is more about marriage than anything, but I think we like to. I mean, you know, we love the Lord, and the church lifts up marriage so highly that you're mm-hmm. trying to get there. Yeah. And so you fall in love with the idea of being married. That will not sustain you, man. Mm-hmm. And you better. And I was always trying to manipulate this girl I was dating through college. She was almost there, but it wasn't quite it. You know what I mean? Same. And I was like, I can, fi- I can do this. I yeah. can. And I, you know, I've got a bit of a messiah complex, so it happens. Um, and then I met Gretchen, and I was like, holy moly! Mm-hmm. You know what was great? We met as grown people, and we we both had jobs and our mm-hmm. own identity and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were both coming out of relationships that didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. And so on our, one of our first dates, I was like, how about this? This is going to be radical. Nobody's ever done this in America. Why don't you just be yourself totally? And I'm going to be myself. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to act like I like stuff that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So Tired of doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you don't either, right? So you don't have to get a salad at dinner even though you're starving. You can just eat what you want to eat. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to hang out, you can. If not, let's just don't fake it. It'll take us less than 21 days and, we'll, and then we'll know. Mm-hmm. And then worst case scenario, slightly awkward in the gym, but you don't know this, but I don't even work out at that time. I've just been stalking <laughs> you anyway, so I won't even see you. And but it and I mean I remember we we're sitting at Chili's and I was like, but if we like each other, we'll never have to fake it for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. And we've been married twenty three and a half years. Or be disappointed once mm-hmm. we're married and the guard is right. down mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, who is this stop person? It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So but I wasn't like looking at all. I, I'd just gotten hired as a youth pastor out of out of seminary. I was very, very, very focused. This is my first mm-hmm. full time gig and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love that church and love these kids and it was very much um I felt like I just kinda had my nose down and was serving the Lord and I looked up in the gym one day, saw her. And then when we did start talking, mm-hmm. the major a lot of our dating was you're serving in student ministry now. Like, just <laughs> I've got to be at all this stuff mm-hmm. every evening. She worked full time, so it was, it was like, so we're just going to serve together. So mm-hmm. it was a lot. It was very Psalm 34 ish, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the part of what I would say. You know, it's kind of kitschy, and I'll talk about it a lot. But you know, instead of looking for the one, like become the one. The one you're looking for is looking for. Mm-hmm. It's very much mm-hmm. that. Like yeah. trust the Lord. Now, no problem with having your head on the swivel. Mm-hmm. Looking around as you serve the Lord, mm-hmm. but the the church does not exist to try to help you get married, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this isn't Christian Tingle, and that's the reason that we run ministry so that people can show up and meet somebody. And I get what you're saying. You know, I have I have a lot of single people ask me that, but that's the key is to trust the Lord and serve. And if He's got somebody for you, just pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. When you say that story about your conversation, there's this song called "Start with the Ending." And he talks about like the end of a fight and how once you've said everything you wanted to say, you you don't have your defenses up, mm-hmm. you're more honest. And he's like, mm-hmm. you should just start there. You should start with the ending. You know, that's that's great. Anyway. Yeah. Um, April, would you be willing to share about your single journey, single and single again? Yeah. How is that? Uh, what stands out to you as we're talking? Yeah. So I won't get into my whole story, but. Um, I am what I guess you would call single again. Mm-hmm. I 
was married at 23, divorced at 26, mm-hmm. and I'm 34. So mm-hmm. been single since then. Um, and I think for me, through divorce, it gave me the gift or the, yeah, the gift of perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because coming out of that, I realized what it wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't know, I started praying these prayers that I wanted my family tree to look different from my branch on because I came from a long line of divorce, really. And so um, I started kind of doing, I guess, the you know, looking internally, like what what do I need to work on? Who do I need to become to make that happen? Um, and you know, I want to be a gift to somebody, and so. Just really doing the hard work and the heart work of, I don't know, just um, who am I and what do I want and, you know, what uh, what can I bring to a relationship? And, and also realizing that singleness isn't this season of waiting or, you know, this season of punishment or anything like mm. that. And I think, I think that's a really hard thing to remember um especially here in the south because there's this narrative that you know by the time you're 25 you should be married and have a house and two and a half kids and all those things and so and that's just not biblical you know and so um getting to that place of recognizing that and realizing that that uh singleness is this season of just really digging in and learning who you are and you know um learning more about the lord i think i've in the last you know, eight years, I've learned so much more about God and mm. His character through singleness yeah. than I would have if I was maybe married. Yeah, and uh, since I know you, I want to just take a minute and say there's a lot of people who could could go through the stuff that you went through mm-hmm. and been like, pity party of one, please. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you well enough to know you've done so much hard work, all the things you just said. You've done so much hard work to see, okay, what what do I need to do? How do I need to focus on the Lord? You've walked through really hard forgiveness, reconciliation. I want to do everything possible to be free and to be mm-hmm. what the Lord is calling me to be. So great job. Thank you. It's been awesome to watch. Thanks. Now, you mentioned um, kind of the view of, oh, I'm just waiting for my American dream or whatever, and that's not mm-hmm. the biblical view. Let's talk about that for a second. What's the, what's the contrast, Pastor Joby, between this cultural view of mm-hmm. – singleness and marriage and family, and then the biblical view that we're given. This could come as a shock. (laughs) Yes. uh, The way evangelicalism treats marriage and family and the way the New Testament treats marriage and family are not even close to the same thing. Come on. You can't find one place in here where it says focus on the family. Mm -hmm. This is focus on the gospel, focus on the Great Commission. (laughs) So in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there's a whole bunch of talk about family. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because you got to keep the 12 tribes of Israel going because mm-hmm. you got to keep the bloodline going because we got to get the Messiah here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a people that creates a nation, and out of this nation comes the Messiah. That's a really big deal. Family matters, and who your daddy is matters. And I mean, it matters more than anything else. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, now I'm not saying family doesn't matter, okay? Mm-hmm. It is your primary sphere of influence if you're a mom or a dad. So it matters like crazy. However, there's actually very little ink in the New Testament about family. There's a couple of household codes in the epistles, right? But there's not a whole lot to it. 
there's a whole bunch of ink in First Corinthians mm-hmm. on what to do as a single. Mm-hmm. And so in the New Testament, um, what we're supposed to be propagating is our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to be growing the church. Yeah. Now, listen, I am very pro follow Jesus like crazy, get married as young as you can. That makes sense. You know, as soon as you're make babies as many as you can, as soon as you can, I'm pro, I'm pro all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, in the New Testament, that is not the standard and that is not held up above everything mm-hmm. else. What is held up first and foremost is Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I mean, <laughs> I've never had any. I've done probably two thousand weddings or something. I try to add mm-hmm. it up one time. Nobody's ever asked me to read First Corinthians seven in their wedding, right. where Paul is basically <laughs> like, "I'd prefer it if you just stay single." Mm-hmm. But if you burn with passion, if you can't help yourself, he doesn't even say you should get married. He just says it's not a sin if you do get married. That that is not what you hear on Christian radio, mm-hmm. where it's all about family, family, family. Mm-hmm. Now I, I do. There is this like sphere of influence theology and dominion mm-hmm. that is very, very important. Yeah. And it starts with the family, and then it goes to the church, and then it goes to the neighborhood, and then it goes to government, and then it goes to the world. Mm-hmm. And there are dominions that God has ordered that that need to be rightly ordered for human flourishing yeah. and the glory of God. So I'm not diminishing the family, although I do think in the church it has been idolized. Yeah. It's really good it's really good to hear. That's a good reminder because really it's just about meeting people where they are because so many people are married with kids, right? And so Correct. you want to talk about it because it is practical and applicable, but a shadow of that could be that it seems like, and, for, and I, I think for some people this is actually happening, but it could seem like, oh, we're elevating this as like ideal almost alongside mm-hmm. of living so, a, a I mean, I will totally life. confess. As a lead pastor here, I don't know that I've done a great job shepherding people mm-hmm. in their singleness. I teach the Bible. I don't care who you are, where you are. It's just mm-hmm. the Bible, man. Mm-hmm. But but I am married. I've been married for so long. All of my illustrations are about being a dad or a husband, you know, so I, mm-hmm. so I get all that. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's part of why I wanted to do this in the series is to, is to shepherds specifically aim not just at our singles, but also aimed at our whole church Mm -hmm. so that we're aware of how we best serve that part of the family that is the Church of 1122. Yeah. Now, if you you read through 1 Corinthians 7, 6 and 7, right in there, Paul talks a lot about being single. And one of the things that I would say if you're single, and again, I haven't been in a long time, is, all right, there's people that have the gift of singleness. I would say like my boy Brad Bowen. I mean, he was 50-whatever when he passed away and was never married Mm -hmm. and and didn't really want to be. And it was like a gift. It wasn't like a burden for him, you know? Mm -hmm. And he served the church like crazy. So Mm -hmm. some people have that kind of gift. They don't want to be married. Paul says, good for you. Now, be married to the church and serve her like you would your family, okay? Mm-hmm. Then there's a there's people that are they want to be married, but they're single right now. I would also say you have a gift from God and don't waste it. Mm-hmm. Like your, your, your time, your attention, your responsibilities are not divided like married people's time and parents' time is. Mm-hmm. So don't waste this opportunity mm-hmm. to just sell out for the Great Commission and mm-hmm. go for it in ways that you wouldn't be yeah. if you were married. Mm-hmm. And it's such there's such a narrative of like, oh, this is your time to go explore, and and, and it's all self serving. It's mm-hmm. like 
The cultural view, yeah. Yeah, try your relationships, mm-hmm. try this, try that, but it's all it's all self-serving. But you, the the truth is you don't actually need that to become who God's called you to be. In fact, it's the opposite. You know? I mean, the, you know, the the worst part about the, the church narrative about marriage is that somehow you're incomplete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We follow a single Savior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. He was never married, never had a girlfriend, never yep. dated. Yep. Never once. Yeah. And he is, and the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. Yeah. yeah. And it can uh, cause people to hide in shame if they get married in their marriage isn't what they thought. Like mm-hmm. if their sex life isn't great or if they're, and because you, you hear about my smoking hot wife and we have all this, you know, there's this, these little side things that can paint this picture of, okay, now I, I love Jesus. We love Jesus. We're married mm-hmm. and we're fighting. Mm-hmm. Or we have difficulty in finances or our sex life or something, and people feel like something must be wrong with me because that picture was painted as like this glorious yep. utopian mm-hmm. heaven thing, right? Look, man, we have a great marriage. Been married twenty three years, and I try to be open and honest about our flaws. It's mostly my flaws, but I just do. <laughs> you know, you hear it. I mean, I don't try to preach, especially marriage sermons. Like if everybody just do what I do, you'd mm-hmm. be fine because. It's just not true, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. I think culture takes this false narrative that you're talking about, like, you complete me, mm-hmm. and that's what you need, and they run with it, because mm-hmm. now culture says, you don't need a man. Mm-hmm. You can do everything on your own. You can do everything a man can do. And mm-hmm. then, of course, culture has just gone crazy these mm-hmm. days with everything else beyond that. But I don't think – I think marriage is not – you complete me or not, I, I need you to f- to fill this thing because only God can fill that. But it's a partnership, mm-hmm. just like a like you have a partnership in ministry. Like they're your partner in life and in ministry. And that's I think that's how we should see it versus a, a need or a mm-hmm. – completeness thing, you know? So I I really think that it's more of a partnership with different roles, Mm -hmm. you know, different different roles that God, I mean, has defined for sure, but that we aren't we aren't there to fill each other's holes. We're there to be partners in Mm -hmm. in this ministry and this life that we are doing together. And even with all that, I would say, and if you desire to be married, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a good and godly desire. Mm-hmm. But if you take any desire and idolize it, mm-hmm. when you're let mm-hmm. down, you'll demonize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love what you said in the James series about desires becoming demands. That's it. And then when they become demands, you can never accept it with joy because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all you've done is give me what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you, and now, I'm at, now we're at zero. That's all we can do is get to zero. And if you do that with God in regards to your marital status, mm-hmm. if you have a desire to be married, and then it turns into a demand of God because you owe me, because I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep around in college. Mm-hmm. I wait, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. thing is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then woe to you because you'll have this fight and quarrel with God because you're not getting what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if he owes you a thing. Mm. That's not a place you want to be. That's mm-hmm. different than... 
God, I have this desire. You said it's not good for man to be alone. I would, mm-hmm. I want a partner in ministry and life like Gretchen is talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to constantly lay that at your feet and give mm-hmm. it up every single time to you. But you said I have not because I asked not. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. honestly, you deep down in your heart, you're the only one that could truly answer mm-hmm. if you're trying to demand of God or if you're mm-hmm. just sharing your the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget who's. Said this. I think somebody else said this. I don't think I made it up. I would take credit if I were you. Uh, that the world is God's theater, and it's not by accident that we are all children of parents, and that we all had a father. So that when God said, when Jesus said, "Pray to your Father in heaven," you'd be like, "Okay, I know what that's talking yeah. about." Or when He said, "Look at the birds," we would know because we all seen birds, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these these different pictures in the scriptures that Jesus certainly grasped onto. And all the rest of the writers did are so that we would learn something about God. One of the biggest ones is this metaphor of marriage, right? What what is what is the end of times going to be? It's a wedding. A feast. wedding. Yeah. Mm. It's a wedding feast. It's and what is the church referred to as the bride of the Christ. bride? And so, if you try to diminish the reality of marriage or the importance of marriage or the picture of marriage, you can't but lose. Mm-hmm some of those things. And so, Pastor Joe, we talked to us a little bit. It's kind of a, a, similar to the question we were talking about earlier, but if you're not married or if you had a bad dad or a bad home situation and you read those things in the scripture, what skills can be developed in here to help you redeem that picture of marriage or redeem that picture of parent or whatever it is? You know what I mean? Well, you have two you got a couple of things in your favor. If you're a believer, you have the Spirit of God in you, and you have the Word of God in front of you. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what people want to do with a bad experience is throw out the reality as if it is bad. Mm-hmm. So I was, I'm reading, I was reading this book. Um, it's a great book. It's, it's called uh, Bullies and Saints. It's pretty cool. It's about an honest look at church history yeah. and when the church was awful and when the church was at its best. And anyway, <clears throat> and this guy had never played cello before, and so he did five days of cello lessons and then tried to play like some Bach song <laughs> in front of his friends and family, mm-hmm. and it wasn't good, man. It mm-hmm. just wasn't good. <laughs> and then he had a, an actual like concert cello player come Mm. in and do it right and what he said was you may listen to me play that song and think Bach is terrible what a mistake that would be Mm. just because I didn't play it well does not mean it wasn't a great song Mm -hmm. well just because just because your dad didn't play dad well or your ex-spouse didn't play husband or wife well doesn't mean the idea of dad and husband and wife mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes our culture wants to throw it out because it wasn't yeah. performed well by imperfect humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good, <laughs> helpful analogy. April, do you ever struggle with the marriage language in the Bible about the, the church? And does that bring up anything to you or do you see it completely different? I think um I think for me in being single just trying to to see where can I apply this in my life. So, you know, when mm-hmm. it, it talks about submission and things like that. Well, I look around and I think, okay, well where what authority do I have in my life and mm-hmm. how can That's I good. submit to them? Right. Um or sacrificially loving somebody. Okay, well, who in my life can I sacrificially love and mm-hmm. 
at the end of the day, it's all to point us and, and draw us closer to the Lord and to make us more like Him. And so I think just trying to to take those analogies and examples and things and just see where can I put them into practice in my life right now. Mm. That's really I good. think April's done a good job of warring against the enemy's trick of isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are as plugged in to to a, a bunch of different like levels of relationships, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. peers, you got your girlfriends, whatever. You there's like three or four families that we run around with all the time. Mm-hmm. We do we call them Sunday fun days in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And April and Abby Elder, both single girls are just a part of it and they're they're like and it's multiple generations that mm-hmm. will be there. My children the April Abbey age, the my age, and then even sometimes some of our elders and their families are there. Mm-hmm. So there's like four or five generations of people there, <clears throat> and you are you are a significant part of those relationships. You're also pouring in to like helping raise your sister's kids, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. and honestly helping raise my kids. I mean, shoot, you take Reagan to and from cheer as much as any of us. So <laughs> that that stuff's important, but mm-hmm. I think you have to. This is this is like third party just observing. She's fighting for family, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't have a husband and children, mm-hmm. and all under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but you, I mean, you feel like a part of our family and our like extended family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's another prayer I've kind of been praying is, you know, if the Lord gives me the gift of marriage again, I want it to be. I want us together to be better for the kingdom than we are apart. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm just going to, you know, walk in in the place that he has me right now and serve the best that mm-hmm. I can and serve the kingdom the best that I can mm-hmm. until that time. Mm-hmm. And community for me has been a huge um place to just to serve, you know, to serve and to mm-hmm. pour into those that are younger and to learn from, you know, those that are in seasons that, you know, Lord willing, I will be one day. Yeah. And um, and it it's, you know, keeping you from the isolation that you can really easily fall into in singleness. Mm-hmm. I do just want to put this out there for the record because, you know, somebody might hear that you're divorced and all kinds of things go off in their brain that um, – I mean, you didn't share your story, so I'm not – it's your story to share, not mine, but – but April was righteously divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Jesus specifically talks about infidelity, and Paul talks about abandonment. Mm-hmm. And she pursued reconciliation multiple times and even over multiple seasons mm-hmm. to the very nth degree. Mm-hmm. And I have a very, very, very tight conservative view of what the Bible says about mm-hmm. divorce and remarriage. Mm-hmm. And and just want to commend you on doing what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. It's not just pull the ejector cord. Not, not every divorce is the same. Mm-hmm. Correct. Not every story is, is different. And God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate divorced people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And it is very complicated these days. Mm-hmm. By and large, I think the church has just kind of taken its eye off of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ignores about mm-hmm. half of what – Jesus mm-hmm. talks about with divorce and remarriage, and so mm-hmm. it is very complicated. And, and we want to shepherd people, not mm-hmm. not hurt people that are mm-hmm. already hurt. You know how terrible is that? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but again, Paul in Corinthians and Jesus in the Gospels talk specifically about covenant breakers, about what yeah. what fractures a covenant to the point where Jesus says it's not the automatic. 
but I'm going to okay it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what you said a minute ago, April, about the application of those principles just makes me think you understand marriage better than a lot of married people. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> because marriage is a tool in God's toolbox mm-hmm. for his glory. That's right. It is one of these ways. It is one arena in which we love others and we mm-hmm. serve others and we submit to authority, but there are many. Mm-hmm. Like and, and so thank you for that insight. I mean, we all can look around and say there's multiple authority structures that I need to submit to. There's multiple outlets for my selfless love. Mm-hmm. Um, you've referenced Pastor Joby a few times of uh, 1 Corinthians 7. And one of the things he says in there is you're preoccupied in marriage or you're limited in marriage. So Talk a little bit about how marriage, those limitations that that puts on it, and the difference between your reaching your potential Ooh. or fulfilling the calling that God's put on your life. All right, reaching your potential is not a biblical value. That's right. Mm. Period. <laughs> Let me say that again. Reaching your neither is being well rounded. <laughs> reaching your potential is not a biblical value. Being mm. obedient to the call of God in your life mm-hmm. is the biblical value. Mm-hmm. The moment I decided to marry her. My potential for ministry was drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of how many preaching engagements I could say yes to if I didn't have a wife and kids. Mm. <laughs> and if I was not married to her, and if I was not the father of my children, I would be disobedient to who God has called me to be. Mm. Now, I'm a better man because of being married to her, mm-hmm. because man, marriage is like the left lane of sanctification. <laughs> I mean, when you ask what marked my singleness, selfishness. Yeah. I did not realize what a selfish slob I am mm-hmm. until I had to share a house and a bed with another human. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, you learn a lot about mm-hmm. you. And and I've learned a whole lot about the father heart of God by being mm-hmm. a father. Mm-hmm. So the point is is to be obedient. Well, it goes all the way back to what I say, the, the best advice in the whole Bible is, is John 2, 5. Just do mm-hmm. whatever he tells you to do. Yep. He told me to marry her. Mm. He tells me to be a great dad to my children. Mm-hmm. Today, my ministry is severely limited because um, it, I got to. As soon as we get out of here, I got to run to the store and pick up something for JP. And then Friday night lights are tonight, so I got to be there to, at the game. You know how much I could be at hospitals visiting. There's so many other things that are just pure ministry that I could be doing, uh-huh. but that's not the point. So again. Fulfilling your calling is biblical. Mm. Reaching your potential is that's not the, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you experience that, Gretchen? The dynamic of marriage and ministry, and some of the choices that y'all have to make. Oh yeah, I have some questions too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same because honestly, like for I mean, it really all Joby could do so much. He could be mm-hmm. gone six – well, not because we have Thursday nights, but he could be gone four days a week doing ministry outside of Jacksonville. And But that's not what he's called to do. He's called to be here and mm-hmm. to, to these the shepherd these people. And he does other things too because it's kingdom work, yes, and it's what he's no, – he knows that he should do, but his – you know, he wants to shepherd his people and his flock, and that's here in Jacksonville. And we have to really, we have to be very careful about our time together as a as a family, um, without saying, 
know to God. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, how do you how do you navigate what what do you say no to? What do you say yes to? And how do you balance that out? And I mean, that's exactly what what Paul is saying. Like, mm-hmm. if you weren't married, you could do a lot more. But mm-hmm. if you have to, mm-hmm. then do it because right. you know mm-hmm. it's better than other things. <laughs> totally. But I think. All right. What are your questions? <laughs> I think it'd be a good opportunity for you to like get it out there. F- oh gosh! For all the people that ask you why you're not singing anymore and how much they miss you singing. Oh, because okay. we got you got to a real crossroads <laughs> with parenting teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and having to focus on a thing, which means to walk away from another thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect real yes. life example, and what. Everybody means to compliment you when they're like, we miss you so much, and, and but it feels like pressure to you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I know it's I know it's not, and I know it comes from a loving place. And um, for a long time, it you always think that as your kids grow, it gets easier. It does not. Mm-hmm. It just gets different. Yes. Mm. It doesn't get easier. It just gets different. And in a lot of ways, more of your time is required you know, like your kids really need you more going through puberty and going through all the teenage stuff. And I was I was feeling this pull and this pressure because rehearsals on Tuesday nights, churches on Thursday nights and Sunday mornings. And and what I what was happening is I was saying no to Thursdays and yes to Sundays. And I was I felt like I was always putting the band and the team in a bind. Like, mm-hmm. all right, well we gotta find somebody for Thursday then or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I felt like the Lord was calling me anyway, like to 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 something else other than worship. And um, although I loved it and I loved when I was doing it, it was just it it became more of a I hate to say this because it sounds horrible, but it did become more of a burden to me than a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than a blessing, and mm-hmm. I knew then that it was time for me to close that chapter and and listen to God for what He had for me later on. Whether that be two years down the road, four years down the road, once the kids are out of the house, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and in writing devos and doing that a few times that I've done it, I really feel like it has. It's been that's been just a huge blessing for me and also feeling like, okay, this is something I can do during the day when the kids are at school. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I can really work on and not feel like, what, what do I have to give up? What do I have to, or what can I keep? What do I have to give up? And it's just different for us than a lot of people because he has to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not, oh, you stay home with the kids Thursday night while I go lead worship. It's, all right, we've got to, you know, somebody's got to pick Reagan up from mm-hmm. cheer at eight o'clock, or you know. So for me, it's been um, it's been a huge blessing, but it's also, I mean, it's at first it was hard to not be up there and to like navigate that, but it's it's just I'm so at peace with it, and it's ex- I know exactly I know that that is what God had for me, and I know that I was finally obedient in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, very practically, our kids mostly have tests on Fridays. Reagan has four tests today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're like, somebody's got to stay home and help. Mm-hmm. Who's going, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's doing what Paul says. She's yeah. fulfilling her calling. So yeah. limiting her potential. Tell her good job, but quit asking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> now, so with that in mind, that backdrop of what Gretchen was just talking about to the singles, as a non-single, but the pastor of this church, I would say, don't waste it, mm-hmm. and primarily, don't waste it on your selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, your schedules are different. And your responsibilities are different. I'm not saying you don't have all kind of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Just don't waste your this time on you. Mm-hmm. Like every trip you take, if it's all about you, you're not doing this thing right. Mm-hmm. You know, you ought to do two mission trips a year, not just one. Mm-hmm. You ought to be in two disciple groups, not just one. You ought to be leading one and be in one. Mm-hmm. You ought to be mentoring people. You ought to serve more. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You want to help. Listen, we need you, man. Family, my family. I don't know where our kids would be without the singles that have been involved. We've kind of adopted some folks. We just kind of suck them into our family and get them all a part of it. And they help raise our children. Do that. Like get involved, get in a disciple group, serve here, get to know some families where you see a need. Mm -hmm. Don't be selfish. Serve the bride like crazy. Mm -hmm. And And as a single that is trying to do that, there's so much joy in it too. Like some of the relationships – that I have with people now that I, I wouldn't have had had I been married. You know, like coach, I coach middle school cheerleading, and Reagan's on my team, and it's go just it's go stallions, hooves <laughs> up, hooves uh, up. It's <laughs> I didn't know that. Part. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> but it's such a it's so fun to see these girls. I've done it four years now, and so. I've been able, there's a handful of them that they came in as sixth graders and they're eighth graders now. And I've been able to Mm -hmm. see them just change and become these little, you know, these little young adults Mm and, um, and my, my nieces, you know, being in their life. Mm -hmm. And like, we, I get to see them all the time Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to do that if I, you know, had my own family right now. Mm -hmm. And it, there is so much joy in it of just being able to to do those things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were married. I don't know if you would feel like you can say this, but remember a long time ago when you felt the Lord nudge you and you were sitting behind us in church. Can you talk about that and how I felt like at that moment you were being obedient to the yeah. Lord and that was almost like a I, yeah. like an op- eye-opening moment for you. So uh, I came into this role not really sure, honestly, if this is what I wanted to do. I was asked to if I would be interested, and so um, I didn't. I just I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know if I'd be good at it. I didn't know if I'd like it. I didn't. I didn't know. This really wasn't my plan. Um, And it was probably a few months into the role that Reagan was getting baptized, and so all four of you. You kind of alluded to this earlier, but all four of you were in worship before she got baptized and I was standing in the, the row behind y'all and we're singing and it just felt like the Lord just said, you don't know what I've called them to, but just love them and serve them. And so that's kind of what I've tried to do the last few years is just, you know, love y'all and and serve y'all the best that I can. And yeah, I think, you know, had I been married all this time, or with kids, it would have been different. It would have looked different, you know. And I think it's been a blessing to us, and I think it's also been a blessing to you just to mm-hmm. be a part of our family and yeah. for us to have you as a part of our family. You're like a sister to Reagan and JP, mm-hmm. and um, 
honestly, the just what you did for what you have done and you're still doing for us um, because our, you know, our family isn't in town. We don't have, we can't just call the grandparents to mm-hmm. come in and it has allowed me to travel with Joby some when he goes to mm-hmm. do these things that he's called to do. And um, it's been a huge blessing. And because in your singleness, you've, you've, you obeyed that call that the God was that voice of God mm-hmm. that he was saying to you to just serve and love the Martin family. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's just been a blessing, definitely on our side. So. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also like you and Abby are such a blessing to us and the cops mm-hmm. and the Maxwells and the other Martins. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah I, so I would implore, mm-hmm. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. April, I think there's a lot of single people at our church that need to follow you as you follow mm-hmm. Christ, to, mm-hmm. to um, embrace the season. Mm-hmm. If you want to be married, pray for it like crazy. Mm-hmm. I never try to set her up. <laughs> I never try to set her up because it's not the goal. There's some selfishness there, too, because you can't move. But, <laughs> <laughs> there's, but that's not the goal. The yeah. goal is that you would just be obedient. I'm for you. When yeah. you go on dates, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then I go talk to the boy. <laughs> I only try to set you up with Jacksonville people. Very sternly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's definitely a mm-hmm. overprotectiveness for me. But... Yeah. There's a lot. I, I honestly think that you are in line with what Paul yeah. is talking about and not wasting mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. of your life. I really do. Yeah. And every calling is almost always a death to something. You know, you, yeah. you have to say no to something to say yes mm-hmm. to something else. You're saying you're dying to a lot of things mm-hmm. to say yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so potential and possibility for all kinds of things go out the window. You know, every calling is a death to something else. And then, and then sometimes some lids get lifted. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things we're thinking about a little bit, man, we are five years away from being empty nesters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally different ball game. then. Mm-hmm. In the amount of ministry that we can do in five years, it's going to be exponentially bigger than mm-hmm. even it is right now. Right. And it's going real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I, mean, I mean, things here at the church, shepherding folks here, things – the, this church, Eleven Twenty Two, is having a global influence right now, and mm-hmm. there's some responsibility that we have to to say yes, to steward mm-hmm. some of those things. And and again, man, it's going to be different in a yeah. few years, which also means like this year, it's this is JP's last year, senior. Mm-hmm. I've I've cleared almost everything this fall off the weekends mm-hmm. to ma- make sure I'm making every single game. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. only get to do this one time, right? And all selfishness is it kind of goes back to those. There's transcendent values here we're talking about underneath the thing. All selfishness is all about what do I get? And that's never good. Like you never want to train yourself for selfishness. So don't use your singleness as a season to train for selfishness. It's like you say, that's such a good word. You're not going to walk into a church on a Saturday with the tux on and all of a sudden become a different human. That's right. You know what I mean? So if you're training yourself for what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? What makes this going to go away? And you get into a marriage. But if you train yourself to be a giver, to be mm-hmm. a server, then that's going to last in whatever season that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I would especially have a word to the young single men, mm-hmm. freaking grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm talking specifically, I know a bunch of single girls here at 1122 mm-hmm. that are good, godly, mm-hmm. good-looking girls. Mm-hmm. And their experience with our guys has been less mm-hmm. than what I am calling our guys to. Mm-hmm. So... Freaking get up, get you a job, go to work, pursue a woman, 
Because I think there's this paralysis of analysis. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson talks about how confident you are you in your toothpaste selection mm-hmm. when you go and there's 10,000 options. <laughs> Who in the heck are you to think you could pick the right toothpaste? Mm-hmm. If there was only a couple, you'd be like, all right, this one looks pretty good. Well, you know, 50 years ago, your options on dating were pretty much narrowed to whoever mm-hmm. lived in your little community that was in three or four years of you on either side. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot more successful marriages now. Now mm-hmm. that we've plugged this idolatry in, in, into the internet so it can mm-hmm. ruin everybody's life, <laughs> there's this paralysis of analysis and these boys yeah. that can shave are sitting on their mom's couch playing video games and they need to stand up and act like a man and mm-hmm. pursue a woman, get their house in order, go mm-hmm. after a girl, be mm-hmm. really focused on being a godly man and pursue mm-hmm. a godly woman and let's go. Yeah. Well, that's actually called Peter Pan syndrome or failure to launch, <laughs> Ooh, and it's well, they wear the same pants as Peter Pan, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> Cultural laziness is uh, really sad. Uh, statistically, I mean, marriage is on is on the decline. I mean, go go a level deeper. Why is that? Why are so many? I mean, you said paralysis analysis, FOBO, wh- wh- fear of better options. That's what it is. Oh, wow, okay. that's a big part of it. Um, I mean, ultimately, man, it's just the you know, it's just the enemy of this dark age, stealing, mm-hmm. killing, and destroying what God said is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oftentimes, I mean, look, the, the the whatever God creates, the enemy tries to twist or corrupt. And so, what's the mm-hmm. first thing he did? He comes to Adam and Eve. He's like, God really say that? Mm-hmm. You know, he's holding out on you. Mm-hmm. There's he. There's better. Mm-hmm. You can have better. Than what he is offering you. Yeah. So the single person's like, well, you know what? I'm going to put off marriage because I want to have a better career. Mm. I'm going to put off having kids because better for me. Mm-hmm. You're, it's the same sin of Adam and Eve, man. Mm. And it's just a new version of an old trick from the same demon whose name is Lucifer, and he's mm-hmm. the father of lies. Mm. And now it, it is. It is a part of the air we breathe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you meet a good little godly couple. I think it's the sweetest thing in the world. Mm. And they're barely, they're not even out of college yet, but he's got a little part-time deal at FedEx and, you know, she's waiting tables at some breakfast joint. And they're like, we getting married. And I'm like, praise God you're getting mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they got their little house in order, but they're not waiting to achieve all the things that the world mm-hmm. says before. I mean, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say all the time, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's fear, Fact. and you said it, fear of better options or fear mm-hmm. of missing out. or It's all fear-based, mm-hmm. and faith leads us to action. So if we're afraid of making a mistake or we're af- or afraid of like somehow missing out on something else, mm-hmm. that is not, by definition, faith. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't want to get married, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Serve the Lord mm-hmm. with gladness. And yeah. if you think you might want to get married one day, but you're not like itching for it, mm-hmm. no problem. Don't yeah. waste this time. Yeah. Serve the glor- Lord with gladness. And then you just trust him, man. You mm-hmm. just trust that that he would you have a answer that prayer? Would you have a word for anybody who might feel pressured to get married by their family or by mm. somebody in their life? Like when you know somebody who's always trying to be set up by somebody else. Maybe they are devoted. I'm just, I'm in the season ser- serving the Lord. When Gretchen was engaged to that poor guy back in the day, poor guy, and uh-huh. and yeah, it didn't turn out good for him. Um, and I mean, now it's not. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not saying I'm Move awesome. On. I'm just saying. <laughs> Moving on. God saved this girl. Moving on. Gretchen's mom said to Gretchen, "It's better to be single and want to be married than married and want to be single." And so you are not marrying your parents' expectations. Mm-hmm. 
And the key question is not even, is she the one? Yeah. You know, the key question that I had to wrestle down is, can I be the husband to her? Mm -hmm. That's the only question you answer. Mm -hmm. And so um, the other thing, man, if you do get me, if you can't stand up to your parents' uh, influence and, I mean, there's some pushiness in the context of that question. Mm -hmm. And then you get married, man, you're going to drag your wife or husband into some misery. Because mm -hmm. you don't, people are like, well, you're married into that family. No, you don't not. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. You actually leave your family and cleave under your wife. You mm -hmm. start a brand new family. Mm -hmm. And your parents become your extended family. Mm -hmm. You and your wife are the family. Yeah. Whether you have children or not, too. And then he yeah. may or may not add two. Mm-hmm. Mm People would always be like, when are y'all going to start a family? I was like, February 26, 2000. They're like, what? I was like, no, no. The family was just me and her, man, mm -hmm. whether God gives us kids or not. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we talked a little bit about single again yeah. uh, a few minutes ago. And there's a lot of folks in our church who are single not by their own choice. Correct. And it has been a historically controversial topic. I mean, some people are mistreated and rejected by church because of that, uh, because of some people's reading of, you know, what the scripture says. And and more so, there's people who are hurt and they're in pain and they haven't been served by the church. I mean, what would you say to that group that might be listening? Uh, we're a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're mm -hmm. divorced, you're part of all people. Mm -hmm. And while God hates divorce because it is a break, there was some sin involved, right? Mm -hmm. So God hates it. Mm -hmm. But God loves divorced people, loves all people. Mm. Um, I would say people have to be honest. The church, mm. you know, I've talked about this a lot. For every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Mm. And so the ditch you were talking about is like a um, fundamentalist legalism that mm -hmm. lacks love. And people have been beat up and abused, right? Mm -hmm. um, people that were very biblical in their response to either infidelity or abuse or abandonment. And mm -hmm. I would put abuse and abandonment in the same biblical category that is reason for divorce. Mm -hmm. And people have been hit over the head with the sledgehammer that was kind of decorated like a Bible. That mm -hmm. is not okay. But the other ditch is not okay either, where we just completely ignore what the Bible says about divorce. Mm -hmm. Like something has gone horribly wrong. Uh, it's like losing a limb, you know? Mm -hmm. And if and there's got to be significant time for healing, even mm -hmm. if you did it right. I mean, mm -hmm. there's something that jo God joined together that has been torn apart. And so, yeah. mm -hmm. bro, if you, you were on sabbatical recently, if you mm -hmm. came out and you're like, hey, I got my leg ripped off on sabbatical, we'd mm -hmm. give you a minute to heal up. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be like, cool, just get back in the game ASAP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other side of it. And mm. I would encourage people that are divorced to do some serious heart work mm. on what part of it was me. Like, mm -hmm. what sin did I bring to the occasion, mm -hmm. if any? Mm -hmm. And then own that and repent of it. Mm -hmm. And the good news is, is that, hey, man, if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. So you're not damaged goods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And that you are wanted here, you're loved here, and you are. If you feel like you're damaged goods, or if the church has told you you're damaged goods, that that is in exact opposition. And and I would say this, even if it's your fault, mm -hmm. even if it's your fault, 
it's a, it's an exact opposition of what, of what Paul says in Romans eight one, because mm-hmm. condemnation mm-hmm. is a building term that means unfit for use. Right. And Paul says, but therefore now there is no condemnation for those Mm -hmm. who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to condemn you, but we do want you to heal up Mm -hmm. so that you can be a healthy member of the family of God. Mm -hmm. April, how did you discern over the course of those years, how did you discern what work was yours to do in terms of the forgiveness and reconciliation? I mean, Pastor Joe, you talk in very helpful ways about the difference between those two things. But how did you discern how far am I supposed to go to try to fix this or to try to, mm. you know, heal up or reconcile? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Mm. Um, well, so a little bit of, I guess, my story. Um, when we got divorced, I just kind of cold turkey cut him out. Mm-hmm. I just stopped talking to him, blocked him, mm-hmm. all the things. And... I just didn't really do the heart work. I, I didn't do counseling. I didn't, hmm. you know, I didn't do any of that. And over the course of a few years, I think I realized I'd never actually grieved hmm. the death of that marriage. It's a death. Yes. And um and so, you know, just some some situations happened, some things happened, and the Lord just really started to reveal that to me that I hadn't grieved it. I hadn't hmm. You know, there were things I was still holding on to. Um, and so I reached back out and, you know, the Lord protected me through all of it. Um, but it was it was through that realization and just listening to the Spirit, you know, letting the Lord do yeah. what He does and being open to it and, and realizing I needed to do some more deeper work in that and, um, and just really leaning in. And and going through the grieving process of it, um, so yeah. yeah. I again, this is your story. I, for the sake of our audience, I think it's important to know though. When you say you cut it off, it's not like y'all had. Yeah. You were growing apart, or you had irreconcilable mm-hmm. differences, yeah. or you were looking outside of your marriage. There was infidelity. Mm-hmm. There was drug abuse, mm-hmm. and there was abandonment. Mm-hmm. Like the brother would just leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not. I mean. It was not okay. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, you want to talk about toxic environment. Yeah. This is that. So there was that, mm-hmm. and then I remember it was the year of worship, mm-hmm. and it was coming out of Song of Solomon. You had you were hang you were still hanging on to like I don't know this idea or something. I remember. So um, during the third song, every every service is kind of Pavlovian at this point. I I go through the door. I walk through like your office area mm-hmm. to get to my office area, and she's in there just crying her face off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I got to preach in like six minutes, so there's not like time for a counseling session. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, ape. I mean, she's just ugly crying. And I was like, sometimes you just got to worship your way through this, you know? Yeah. And then walked with you as you, as you, as you like pursued what the Lord was telling you to do in regards Mm -hmm. to this relationship. Um, and God, I think put to death. Yeah. Any of the idolatry that remained, or mm-hmm. and this it, was many years after the divorce. Correct. Yeah, this yeah. was this just was recently, a couple of years ago. This happened. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's amazing the peace and the healing mm. that comes comes out of obedience, even when it's really 
you know, just really hard. Um, it was, it was a few months, it was almost a year, I guess, later. I, I felt like the Lord kind of gave me this vision of, you know, if you break a bone, um, and it heals, but it doesn't heal right. You have to, sometimes you might have to go back to the doctor and they might have to re-break it and mm-hmm. reset it for it to heal right. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was like, that's what I had to do. Your heart, your heart didn't heal right the first time. Wow. You didn't, you didn't grieve. You didn't let it heal right. Breach, so Breach. I had to break it again yeah. so it could heal right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I remember too, during the like height of the grief of the anger, you know, all of the emotions I was feeling, I remember mm-hmm. having this thought, um, so kind of a little bit of the story when I, I reached back out and you know we talked and stuff um his girlfriend was pregnant and so that just brought up all these other emotions because you know I want a family and I want baby all these things and you know the thoughts of that should be me all these different mm-hmm. things and so I'd had this thought of I wonder if I could ever get to a place where I could give this give a gift to them to this baby mm-hmm. and so um about a year later, I was cleaning up some stuff in my house and I found some things that I didn't even realize I had that were pictures from him from college or just some things from, you know, he played football in college. And so some some of that stuff. And I just didn't want to throw it away because it felt like for him that could be, you know, some a special thing. And so I had my mom reach out to him on Facebook because, again, I cut off kind of all communication, yeah. asked if he'd want it, got an address, and... I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to send this to him, maybe I can send something to the baby and went back to our kid's space and bought a Jesus storybook Bible. And I just wrote in the in the Bible praying, and I wrote his baby's name, um, praying he grows up knowing who he is because he knows whose he is. And I mailed that, and it was just this this really sweet moment of— release almost and just there was so much peace about it and so now i just look at that and the gift that that is of i don't have to walk into whatever god has for me next carrying that with me Mm. like there's just a there's such a peace about that relationship and you know god has something different and better Mm. for me and it's just the healing though on Mm. the other side of of doing the hard work is really beautiful I think you just put the deep in the deepening podcast. <laughs> I, honestly, a, I think that's going to minister to so many yeah. people. Yeah. And you were so obedient during that time because there were so many people saying, don't do it, mm-hmm. don't do it, don't mm-hmm. do it, don't go down this road. You're just going to open up old wounds. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. We were I, we were some of the only ones. We, a bunch of people yeah. would come to us like, how are you letting her do this? So I'm yeah. like, first of all, I don't let her do any. What are you talking about? She's a grown person. <laughs> I know we work together, but I don't have control over this girl's life, you know? Right, right. But we were actually encouraging it. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. you got to just run into the fire, man. Yeah. And it was- Because either, either like the fire will go out or you'll get re- refined in it. Like I yeah. was like, how does this go bad, you know? Yeah. And it was a lot. There was a lot of turmoil in it too. I mean, well, I lost I lost weight. I lost like yeah. 15 yeah. pounds, which- yeah. For me, is a lot. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It makes it sound easy when you just talk about it, but yeah. it, no, yeah. it was not yeah. easy. There was a lot of. Tra- I mean, you know, I'm really <laughs> but, close with you and Aubrey, and I remember Aubrey was a yeah. huge, just gift to me during mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some straight up love your enemies, yeah. bless them, and don't curse them. Well, yeah. 
again, for the singles listening, one of the things that you did so well is you did not do this in isolation. You mm-hmm. didn't do this like, I'm on my own. I got this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you involved a bunch of people in your life, mm-hmm. you know, including the Vinkies and me and G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what the church is, man. The church mm-hmm. is a family for all mm-hmm. people, regardless of where you are. It's not a group of families. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. a fam- it is a family. Yeah. Well, Pastor Joby, why don't you wrap us up with a word of encouragement to those people who are not single on how to be the church to singles. And I, I think about especially this cultural moment that we're in, in the people that are, hey, I don't fit in the traditional marriage and family model because of my same-sex attraction or because of my gender dysphoria. And so if they feel completely rejected by the church, they have no place to be in a family. You know what I mean? So 100%. let's just say you got some people listening who they have family, they have kids, and they're thinking, how can I bring into the fold? What can I do as part of this church to bring into the fold the folks that are mm-hmm. that are single? Yeah, a huge part of what can be missing in the church that we have in our little pocket of the church, you know, our friends mm-hmm. and family that, that are all part of this church. Man, it's the gospel of hospitality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like just be on the lookout for folks – that you can just adopt into your, you know, we we have this group text called family. <laughs> That's what it is because it's just this weird blend or this, it's not weird, man. It's like gospel-initiated blend mm-hmm. of families that are also friends that are kind of family together. And I think it's a really good thing for for married couples and families in the church to always be on the lookout to mm-hmm. to bring all kinds of people and – not not so that you can get something out of it, but so that there can be this mutual submission mm-hmm. to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And as we are walking through this series in particular, then folks that are looking for relationships and feeling isolated and feeling lonely, they are going to be more visible. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So what if between now and, say, Christmas – what if instead of when we get done with the benediction, you don't just rush to get your kids and rush to get to the car to get to your next thing? What if you just open your eyes, start looking around a little bit, intentionally invite some people into your disciple group, mm-hmm. into your family, and just expand mm-hmm. what the word family means a little bit in the context of the new covenant in the church? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Invite some third wheels into your mm-hmm. life. You know, It's not awkward for them unless you make it weird. We would be, we would. <laughs> Our family would be, we would really be missing something. For sure. If mm-hmm. if we didn't have some of you guys mm-hmm. as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, can I say thank you, Gretchen, for being here, but also for your role mm-hmm. in the, the life of this church, which is in many ways unseen, uh, and the way that you free up our, our leader and our pastor to, to do what God made him has made mm-hmm. him to, to do and to be is incredible. So I thank you for that. And I thank you, April. Very similar things, you know, the way that you serve, and thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we pray it out? I don't think so. I think we should have the First Lady pray us out. Oh, please. <laughs> yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for just the time to be together, and um, Lord, just to talk about these things that sometimes are difficult to talk about, Lord, um, for the singles who are 
struggling because they so badly want to be married, Lord, I pray that you will just um, calm calm their hearts, Lord, and let them slow down and understand and know that you are sovereign, Lord, Hmm. over their lives and over everything in their future even. And Lord, I thank you for our church family, and I thank you for the the singles that are in our lives that have blessed us so much. And Lord, I pray for our church and the married people in our church, Lord, that we will rally around the singles and the single again people who are who are so, who so desperately want to be married and so desperately want to be a part of a family, Lord, that we will rally around them and make them a part of our family. Thank you for loving us. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> the end. You nailed it. <laughs>